Good evening, everybody. This is Matt DeMarinas from White and Blue Review. Sitting here with Johnny Atawa from the Omaha World Herald after a 75-61 win by Creighton over the Butler Bulldogs um, in front of a pretty close to capacity crowd of pink shirts and Blue Jay fans. I think those um, in the books is a sellout, Matt. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll give it credit. It was a, it was a strong crowd. I'll give it credit tonight. Um, normally, when like you get like the the color coordination, whether it's a white out, blue out, black out, pink out, whatever it is, um, it, it actually like hurts because you can see more empty seats easier when you're looking around. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like you know what everybody is wearing, and then when you don't see that color, it looks like there's a lot of open space. But it was tough to find some gray seats tonight, so it was a great turnout, I thought. A lot of good energy in the building. I think, you know, coming off the road off the win probably helped rejuvenate the fan base a little bit. Um, then obviously the pink out um, does that too, so. Um, but this is going to sound like we're talking about a different team tonight because um, Creighton did not shoot the ball well from three, turned it over a lot, and won with toughness, defensive rebounding, defense, um, hustle. What hustle, hustle plays first to the floor, fifty-fifty balls. What on earth? <laughs> Who is that team that we saw tonight? I think you saw glimpses of it against Georgetown. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the finishing touch wasn't there. Maybe you credit Georgetown for making some plays. Maybe being at home on the pink out night with an energetic crowd helped Creighton bring some more tenacity and, and teeth to what it was doing defensively, but yeah, that was a little bit outside the norm from this Jays team, but it's something that we've also seen in practice that they've worked on, and the players talked about it after the game too, about how the coaches have tried to instill a uh, just a more more committed I don't know, relentlessness to where you, to where you just it doesn't ebb and flow based on circumstance or score. You're constantly just fighting and playing hard mm-hmm. and trying to do the little things to... Trying to do the unexpected better. You know what I mean? Because I think defensively they, just, they can game plan for so much, but it's like the spontaneous stuff where it's like ball on the floor, go get the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, and, like, and not just assume. It's like playing without assuming. Yeah. Or taking things for granted. Like, that ball is about to go out of bounds. I can't get it. Don't assume that. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that rebound's coming my way, but there's a guy there. He's going to get it. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that. Battle for it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those, they're learning some of that. And part of that's experience. Part of it's just kind of changing the mentality. So you credit the Jays for, for doing that today, and we'll see if they can continue it. Um, against St. John's, because really that kind of, that game, the St. John's game, was when it was more glaring than I feel like any other. Yeah, actually the but the first the, Butler game too. Definitely um, the first Butler game. But you're but the, you're right about the the St. John's game being kind of like the final straw in terms of like they you know that's probably a tough game to win when you think about at St. John's this year and how many teams are actually going to get a win there when they're at full strength. But the they didn't make those plays on film. And and the film session that they had before before Georgetown. Georgetown, yeah. right. Highlighted those exclusively. It wasn't about defensive lapses. It wasn't about 
giving up buckets. They didn't show any of that stuff. They just showed there's an offensive board that St. John's got. There's us in position to fight for it, and we didn't. Uh, there's a loose ball that they that we didn't get. Um, all those sorts of things. They highlighted all of those, yeah. and that and they focused on those in practice going forward, with a lot of spontaneous. You know, the rebounding drills were amped up, the spontaneous diving for the loose ball when you're expecting a... Like, they, you know, they do this drill where it's like they plug the rim and you're thinking it's rebounding drill. So you're just, you're closing out, you're doing your shell drill, and then you're assuming you're going to go block out and get a rebound. And then all of a sudden there's a ball in the paint rolling towards the rim and four guys have to, on the fly, all at the same time, go get on the floor and get after it. If you don't, you gotta go off to the side and do it 15 more times and then come back and do it again. Yeah. So, like, there's, I don't know how you want to phrase it, but it's like there's incentive to be focused on all the little things that are a part of winning, all the winning plays that you hear about, um, you know, that don't go in highlight reels and things like that, but they affect winning, and that's kind of what... Creighton did against Georgetown to an extent and did tonight, I think, to steal the game. I mean, if you think about the plays that stand out to me, certainly Tyshawn's play where he was first to the floor on a ball that I think Jordan Tucker fumbled, and Tucker was actually closest to it, and Tyshawn still was first to the floor to get it, secure it, call a timeout. Um, Another one is Marcus Zagorowski just going up and being a man in traffic and grabbing a rebound that led to a wide-open dunk in transition from Martini, and then Martini dunking the ball, coming all the way back down and blocking the shot. Like, that whole sequence, I felt like, was a microcosm of the kind of tenacity that Creighton brought in terms of doing the things that have cost them games in order to seal the deal tonight and get what turned out to be a pretty comfortable win, I guess. Double-digit 14 points, a comfortable win, and um, get their second win in a row over a team that whipped them pretty good the first time. I, I feel like Creighton's players just didn't understand what it took, yeah. you know, because I don't think that these guys are, I mean, certainly they have it in and they showed it tonight, but, like, I, I never I never really thought that they were, it wasn't for a lack of effort. Like, you know, I would comment sometimes on Creighton playing with effort, and I hear from some fans saying, like, well, I didn't think, I thought that they quit, or I thought that they didn't have effort, and I was, I gave, I was pushed back a little bit on that, because I actually, I thought that they, they were committed, and they were trying, it's just like, sometimes you don't know how far you can push yourself until you push yourself past yeah, that limit, I, like, you don't know what so the limit is until you get there, and I think said. they had to get perfectly there, said. and the coaches kind of made them get there in practice, they mm-hmm. had, like, I think they would have preferred that the players would have found that on their own, maybe in a game, yeah. Um, but they didn't, and so they had to get there and practice, and then they finally saw it in the game. And so I just, I, uh, I thought there were a lot of games where, um, yeah, they were missing that just that little extra bit of grit and toughness and effort. But I don't know if they really even realized that they had it in them. Like mm-hmm. they, they were like, "We are playing hard, no question." And and then, and then they look at the film, and it's like, "Well, no, you're not." And so then they go the, on the court the next game. They're like, "Okay, let's play hard. We're playing hard." And then they go on the film. They're like, "No." No, not still yet. Still not there yet. yet. Yeah. So it just took some time, and so we'll see if they can sustain it because obviously uh, they really needed it against Butler, and they're going to need it again against St. John's, another team that's probably going to make it tough for them to find some flow on offense. So they're going to have to kind of grind it out against that team too. Yeah, because that you know they're going to earn possessions that way. They're going to earn points that way. 
Um, and they're going to say, and St. John's position is that way, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that was perfectly said. I totally agree. And, um, and you know, the other thing that was uh, commendable, too, for this team, because I've kind of been critical of the of the players for, at times, sort of, I don't know if sulking is the right word, but, like, not bringing the same amount of energy if they're not hitting shots. Right. I thought tonight they they sustained that level of that hustle, that toughness throughout, even though they shot 7 to 23 from 3. Like, those threes weren't going down, but that didn't affect how they were playing on defense, which I thought was obviously a good thing. I think I thought there were a few factors tonight that could have sent them spiraling, and maybe even as recently as a week ago probably would have sent them spiraling are a couple factors. One, I think the officiating was tough to, for the, from a player standpoint on both sides, I think it was tough to get a grasp on how the game was being officiated because I felt like there was a, in the first half specifically, there was a lot of physicality going on inside that wasn't necessarily yielding fouls. And then on the perimeter, there was a lot of ticky-tack calls that I think both teams were struggling to kind of get a grip on how what was being allowed and what wasn't. And then uh, you factor in Creighton wasn't hitting shots, especially from three, and they turned the ball over 18 times. So there was a lot of factors that could have sent the – those are normally things that Creighton has to do well, you figure, to give them some chance to win the game, right? Yeah, like don't so turn like, don't it over. So don't over, to three ball well, like you give yourself a chance. Yeah. Neither of those things happened that night, and they went away 14 because, like you said, they didn't let that stuff affect them. And I think it's because of how much – how focused they were defensively. I think they were so locked in on that side of the floor and it didn't ever feel like they lost control of the game despite the fact that they were turning the ball over and they were missing shots. Um, yeah, they were like missing the chance to uh, really deliver a knockout blow because yes. their offense just didn't have that rhythm. Yes. But it did Especially late in the first half, they had a 10-point lead. Yeah. With, they had one possession left, Butler had two, so Butler wouldn't score or stop turnover pick six score to cut it six yeah. so like that could have and then I think they were up, they were up 12 after Alex three midway yep. through the second half and Butler has eventually cut it, cut it to five after that mm-hmm. so they never got the knockout blow but they also never um, sort of relented they were they were always in that attack mode aggressiveness go get the go get the ball sort of mentality just fight and yeah right and it worked out they just fought. It really, it really it's, did. I really, I, I want to see the final three minutes because I think it really did show up in the final three. I mean, I didn't even know what I was going to write about. Really, it felt like I was just going to write about a generic little kind of Creighton did just enough here and there, offensively, defensively, to win by seven or eight. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when it came time to make a bunch of winning plays, like Connor Cashock stepped in and took a charge off of a turnover. Uh, or a three-point play by Davion. So yep. you figure that's a junior making a drive to the rim, scoring, getting fouled, hitting a free throw to extend the lead. Connor Cashaw, a senior, stepping in, uh, taking a charge against Baldwin at the rim to get the ball back. Um, Tyshawn being first to the floor. Martin uh, blocking that shot, blocking a couple shots, actually. Uh, Marcus getting in the getting his nose in there for a rebound. I mean, Butler had two free throws in the final three minutes. You know, they cut it to five, sixty-four, fifty-nine with three twenty-three left. They scored two points out of that. Yeah. I think, yeah. The, and right before that, there was that jump ball play where they double-teamed Baldwin and forced that turnover. Mm-hmm. Baldwin and Mintz. 
So that's yeah, another they, thing. They, that's, a, that's another factor part of the game. Like, what, how effective did you think that part of the game was? Just uh, because it's probably something that you feel like with his, with the shooters that Butler has on the floor, Tucker, uh, McDermott, um, Jorgensen. They put and they put all those guys on the floor at the same time too. Um, which which I thought was going to discourage Creighton from really heating up Baldwin. Yeah. But they continued to do it. And the thing that is running through my mind is, does that work against the Shamari Pons? Does that work against the Marcus Howard? Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, it might. So that, but it's hard to do for 44 minutes. It is. Though. But they, they, made, they committed to doing it, despite yeah. the fact that Butler could hurt them on the weak side. They said, look, we got to we let Butler go get it too easy in the first half one-on-one we've got to heat him up a little bit and then take our chances in rotation hopefully hustle back in time and they did it worked so I guess um, I thought the game will paid off in the, in the second half for sure I mean Kamar still he was 8-12 to 12, but he also had 5 turnovers he did I thought he had to work really hard in the second half yeah, and some of those shots he made were just really tough they were guarded well um, and kind of circus shots a little bit he did hit one that was like from his hip, where Davion literally had his hand all over the ball. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just flipped it up and somehow got up high enough off the glass. Right. Where you just gotta. But it's like you can you can live with that because yeah. against uh, in the first game he really controlled. He just seemed to control the whole game. Everything was running through him. Mm-hmm. Twenty eight points, seven assists. I mean, he was everything. Defensively blocking Tyshawn, yeah, right? Getting steals. Yeah, so he was all over the place. But but in this game, they they. For the most part, I mean, again, he's still at twenty three, but I feel like they did a better job of not making, not allowing him to be the playmaker at least consistently. Like the 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 way the guy the offense funnels through, they basically made him give it up, and then they were like, "All right, Jorgensen, you make a play off the bounce because we're not we're not going to give you a three. Although they gave him a few threes, a few too many looks probably for mm-hmm. Jorgensen he didn't in him, but um, forced Jorgensen to put the ball on the floor, forced. Uh, Jordan Tucker to put it on the floor or take a contested three. And so, yeah, the plan worked. Mm-hmm. Which is commendable because it's not usually how <laughs> the defensive plan hasn't always been executed the way it was executed tonight. But I, th- I, I just don't think we can, you know, do an honest assessment of this game without just harping on how good they were defensively on the glass. Uh, what was I the, mean, what the thirty-three? Was, it, what was 30, the defensive rebounding percentage? Yeah, defensive rebounding percentage was at Mac thought it was around eighty. It was at eighty-six point eight. Eighty-six point eight. Yeah, so it was even better that's, than it was against Georgetown. It was ninety-four point seven in the gonna, first half. It's gonna be a might be a project tomorrow for me to go through box scores in the Big East to find another game where they've had an eighty-six point eight. Let me eight. save you some time. Go ahead. It doesn't exist. That's the best they've ever done in the Big East. Oh, ever in the Big East? Yeah, I don't that's, know. Okay. yeah that's probably no, because I think like. I think they had a 32 out of 35 against St. John's. Yeah, I was going to say St. John's. There were some there Last some year, St. their defensive rebounds were around but that was, 90. Does that count? It was like 92.3. St. John's was like, we are not going to try. Right, we're, we're not even going to try the offensive board. Exactly. No, yeah, in terms of like how tough it was to produce yeah. a number like that, yeah, you have to do some take some liberties with it. But, <laughs> right, um, it was impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. Especially just the way that those guys went up. Like There were instances where Butler, a Butler player had a hand on the ball. Mm-hmm. And Creighton's guys. I remember it one away. of those Brunk came down with it, and Tyshawn just runs through the baseline and, and rips and it away. Takes from him. away from yeah. him. Yeah, and there were times where they, you know, it was up in the air, and I mean, whoever gets up there mm-hmm. gets it, and, and Creighton's guys 
fought for the position and then outjumped him. A good a it. good one for your gift maker tomorrow that I think might get you some some play on social media is Marcus's rebound at the end of the game. Yeah, you really. You, I, I loved that one because yeah, it, it was. I didn't even see him as a factor in the play, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he was above everybody getting it, and then obviously the the dunk it led to was big, and then the block. So. If you can fit that whole sequence into a GIF, I don't know how long it took. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like seven or eight seconds, right? You can fit into a GIF, can't you? That might get you like 20 plus retweets, I think. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put the over under at 20. All about the retweet game. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, highlight some individual performances, I guess. I want to start with Martin Krample. First of all, disappointed we didn't get to talk to him in the post game. I thought he had the best game out there, considering all the effort he had to go through, setting ball screens for everybody, slipping to the rim, fighting inside, big guys, little guys, uh, all the effort he had defensively to trap Baldwin in those ball screens and then hustle to get back and get in front of Brunk and keep him from dunking all over the place. I yeah, thought he had a good game. I thought he had an incredible game. Maybe his best game of the year. The block, if you, if you in that block he had forwards. on Jorgensen midway through the second half was pretty big, too. Yep. It, uh, it's kind of when the crowd was really Engaged and mm-hmm. getting up, and that was when that Creighton was nice kind play. of made a nice run there. Yep. Yeah, so he goes 16 points, eight boards, I think, two steals and two blocks. Yeah. Two steals and two blocks uh, in 29 minutes. And again, I like the fact that he was kept under 30 minutes again. I feel like that's a good thing. He's finding, it will be good long He's finding sure. enough minutes for Christian and Sam to keep Martine under 30, I think, is key for. For and him think, to be fresh going at the in the second half of the season, second half of the season, and then also in these games, I mean, mm-hmm. for him, if he's going to put out max effort, it's hard to do that for thirty four minutes. So, even five extra minutes on the bench um, helps him better maximize what he's good at. Because you figure you figure he's going to play the last six or seven minutes of the, every game if right? it's close. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Um, if they can find enough spurts for him to rest in there. And then let him go for a, a extended stretch at the end of the game if it, if, it, if it's necessary. Yeah, but he was big. He was huge. I thought he was the best player on the floor. Um, sorry, I'm getting the sniffles a little bit. My bad. Uh, Davion, I thought was really good too. I know he had five turnovers, but I thought he was really aggressive when he needed to be offensively. And he just fought like hell against Baldwin. I know yeah. Baldwin got him a few times, and I know. But again, I feel like it, I feel like Davion was struggling to figure out like what he can do physically. You know what I mean? Like and not get called for a foul. Yeah, because I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I felt like that was really difficult for everybody on the floor to get a handle on how they can guard in isolation situations. And um, I think Davion was one of those guys who had a couple that were a little inconsistent yeah. for him that he was having trouble with. So. And D- Davion talked about having help and how, you know, it's not just one guy on ball when there's always somebody there, mm-hmm. especially um, when Aaron Thompson was on the floor. A lot of times that whoever was defending Aaron Thompson would sag into the pain and be there to help um, or maybe dig on a drive or something. But um, I thought what Davion did was he kept Kamar from going – going off to the point where Creighton really had to change up what it wanted to do. You know, like, yeah. in the situations where he was just isolated one-on-one, on one, he, he did it, he made him work just enough to where um, the Jays weren't forced to just try something like go zone or, or mm-hmm. do something totally different, switch all screens or something. You know, like, they could they could stick with their plan because even when 
Baldwin was just like, I'm going to be a player now and I'm going to make a big-time play. He made one really – oh, I mean, yeah. I – That one in transition. Yeah, you almost walked out of the arena. <laughs> like, I almost was, closed my laptop and I was like, I, I, I got to go that because was that was – sick. I mean, yeah. he gave him a couple – he had the spin move and the pain and then it finished. Ooh. It was saucy. Yeah. But, uh, but like – and, yeah, he got his as we, as we were saying. Right, but I just right. think that there are also – there were more – there was – other moments when he could have got even more. Oh yeah, he had that dunk in the first half too. Remember oh boy, that? going baseline. Oh boy, yeah. If we're gonna talk about Davion's effort, he got beat bad on that. One. Was that Davion who got beat? I yeah, he, tell got, he got beat going baseline. Let poor Sam die, almost die. So <laughs> he almost got his freshman <laughs> center up, killed. Him up the drive. Man, that was a vicious dunk. It was like a, a quarterback leading the receiver into the yes into the hard into the, hitting safety. safety. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what just happened. That's a perfect way to describe it. Oh uh, yeah. But, but detonation at the rim. Yeah, like, yeah. It was one of those things where like he was above the rim and like cocked it back. Yeah. And like some guys like just rattle it in there. Like he th- he thundered on that they, thing. They yeah. might need to check the rim. That was explode sure exactly. They're always bitching about that yeah. rim too in practice. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think Kamar Ball will help the situation at all. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I feel like I, I don't know. I just thought Dave Davion there. There could have been more situations like that. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. And, and yeah. I thought he did a good job to like cut off a driving lane or just be tough or physical with him and and, and force him to kick it out or, or uh, skip it across the, the lane. So, again, he had help too, but I like his effort. And Coach McDermott praised Davion after the game, saying that, you know, he's playing harder than he's ever played before. And mm-hmm. he's kind of been a, a tone setter sort of. I don't know. It kind of feels like the heart. Cool he story, kind of feels man, like the like, heart of the team almost. Like yeah. him and Martine definitely both bring the energy, for sure. But you know when you when you think when we talked to Davion at the start of the year, he was all kind of geeked up about being a point guard and sort of being the floor general for this group and setting the tone that way. And now suddenly he's he's doing it as a defender. Man. Which is, I mean, that's not what he had envisioned it's, a few months ago, but he's really bought into that. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's really cool too because that side of the thing, and I know we've said this before, but like that side, his commitment and his sacrifice to being that type of player for this team because they needed it. That's why he said he did it because they needed it. Um, is essentially like costing him what he wanted to be, is and and that's the PG one, the point guard, like the star of the team, like. But he's somehow finding his way. He's like backing into that role through a different avenue, like being the off-ball guard, being more of an aggressive scorer, and being the guy who has to take the toughest assignment defensively every night. Like, it's just really cool because I think a lot of people, a lot of fans I know, have wondered about his future with Marcus Zagorowski into the fold. Now, like, does Davion factor into it? And yeah, I don't think this team could be. I mean, this team would be lost without him. Mm-hmm. Like, he has been arguably the MVP so far up to this point um, with yeah. all he's had to do. so And he made, I mean, he made a big couple big-time plays against Georgetown down the stretch. Yep. That's uh, still the inbounds pass. And it, yeah, I was thinking about, like, drawing a foul um, on a drive late. Yep. Made some free throws and made a, a finish in, in transition after a make, I think. He beat guys down the floor and, and finished in the lane. And then tonight he had that big and-one play um, when, when Butler had cut the lead cut Greg's lead to five, mm-hmm. and, and he finished it, a layup and got a free throw. So, yeah, he's been, he's been, he's been big for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Ballack, I thought, was really aggressive from the jump tonight. Um, hit that, you know, he only made a three of six from three, so I still feel like it's not who he is. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go hunt 15 shots a night. 
Um, he's more of a basketball player than a shooter, but I know people want him to shoot more. Um, we hear it all the time in our in our mentions at every game. Like he needs to be more aggressive. But I thought he was like, I thought he set a good tone for how aggressive he needed to be. Hit that corner three off the baseline and out of bounds. Um, I don't know what they set for him a couple possessions later, but I think it was tied seven seven and. Uh, he came off a little screen off uh, top lo- of the key. I love that play, man. I think I it. think it's the one I'm thinking of. They they run this play where um, they just sort of like rub off a, a screen at well, it's the top like a, of the key. He runs a hauser, doesn't he? Like he he kind of like shifts out uh, the backside to yeah, like one of those hauser slip screen yeah, type things. Yeah. That that's not the one I'm thinking of. I think I'm. I feel like he comes from the middle of the floor or maybe an elevator screen or something like that okay i'm gonna have to clip it out for you and show you but like it's a really nice play butler was all over it to be honest yeah uh, they defended they, the they, first they're, they're well. calling they're calling it out mm-hmm. and and mitch mitch is i feel like he's figuring out i mean he actually has done this all year but i he he's he does a good job of, of knowing when he can create space and he uses the dribble to create space for his jump shot a lot too um but I think he's done better at I have a window I'm going to shoot it mm-hmm. type thing. Not necessarily, I mean, maybe lowering his standards for what a good shot is for him because he can because hit contested yeah. shots. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, three of six, you, if, it, if you're going to shoot 50%. He took one heat check. He did take he one. Did, yeah, he did. He but missed okay, it. That could have been special if he hit it because he would have kept going. <laughs> But he missed that one. But yeah, yeah, he's he definitely pulled the trigger tonight, and he was aggressive from the jump. And I, you know, his floor game. I mean, he had four turnovers, but so that's not typical. But I thought his floor game was pretty good. I thought he was good on the on the defensive glass. Uh, I think he finished with seven rebounds here. But his plus minus was the best on the team, plus nineteen, and that was with how much he had to sit out with foul trouble late. Yeah. So, um, I just I, yeah, I liked the. I liked the the energy he brought to the floor tonight from the start. I thought I thought he was really important early in the game. Him and Marcus, I thought were really getting things going because I thought Tyshawn struggled early. Uh, I think Davey almost turning the ball over a little bit, and they were having a tough time getting the ball into Martine um, consistently because Butler was switching that weight more than I mean Martine could have had thirty tonight. I swear <laughs> they. They, they just felt like they missed him so much. Like but, even but I, I, let's give Butler some credit because their length, I think, yeah, spooks yeah. you out of it a little bit. On like, the first throw in, I agree. But again, I'm talking like that. When if you reverse the ball, it's always there, yeah. always. I mean, how many right. times? I think he scored all of his points on ball reversal, uh, entry pass, lot, entry yeah. pass over the top of a guard. Yeah. Like for Jorgensen, like yeah. you know, and badly, like they had no chance. Even Christian David was the guy that was had, well, was doing a better job in the post. Like that was a tough entry to Martin when David was on him because he's got more more length. But when those guards were there, yeah, it's Fowler or Brunt coming out on Marcus uh, or Davy. They did a better That's job tough too of, of attacking that matchup as mm-hmm. well. Um, if a big came out and guarded a guard, yeah, that guard, if he couldn't get the entry pass in to Martin because Martin's also has a mismatch. That guard was going downhill. And yeah, attacking. Mitch. I think Mitch had a great. Mitch had one. Marcus had a couple. Davion, Davion had a bunch. Yeah, he had a lot. Um, yeah, I, I agree. That's a good point. 
they did they did counter that when they felt like the mismatch was there one on one. If they could take somebody to the rim, they did. Because like they're gonna see that all like switch switching all screens. I mean, shoot, they, this offense has seen it for the last couple of years. How many teams switch everything on them? Well, how many teams can? St. John's will. St. John's will. Um, Villanova. Villanova. Because like you would. Villanova did. Yeah, but and, I didn't think they could have. They just. Did. Well, that's what I'm saying. With Butler, you can make an argument that they shouldn't. Right. But they I did. Can. Yeah. I mean, it was like Xavier last year. You know, they would have situations where uh, Xavier's probably gonna switch everything. Who was there? Uh, Omara, like he was guarding Marcus Foster at mm. times. You know, that's scary. Uh, but they still did it. Um, Marquette probably will or can if they if, Marquette can definitely. if they wanted. Um, I think a lot of teams could. I'm not sure if DePaul can. No, DePaul looks too traditional. Georgetown too traditional. I don't know if Xavier could this year if they're going to play their two bigs on the floor. Yeah, but it's still. Uh, I don't know. I feel like. It's funny. I, when I was at Duke, Virginia, and Duke switched all screens, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, look at this! Like innovative uh, defensive plan by Coach K to switch all screens." People have been doing this. You mean stuff that Golden State's been winning titles? Well, for that's what that, I think. Yeah. That was what they were saying. It's like, oh, a trend from the NBA is now more like more, moving into college. Um, but I don't know. Anyway. Teams yeah. have been using that philosophy a lot against Creighton these last couple of years to oh, try yeah. to slow down this offense. So, um, and it has been effective at times, but tonight I thought the Jays did a good job of. It's like the, going it's the way it. you can counter small ball. Yeah, I mean, if you have length and athleticism, you switch everything. You 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 snuff out all that movement and all that. Yeah, all the, all the all the strengths that offense. Providence, that by the way, didn't Providence like when they went small, they were switching everything. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly how that matchup went. But. Yeah, you know what's going to be a thing to watch for the Providence rematch. I know we're going on a rabbit hole here, is but they didn't play much zone against Creighton, and they are really good at zone yeah. defense. Like, I was really surprised how I don't even think I don't did know. They even play they, I don't, even I don't they think did. they did, and it's, it really surprised me. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that re- little bit that wrinkle in Omaha if they when they come back. Um... That's the other thing. It's like, who's going to play? Are teams going to try to zone? Like, that might yeah, see, be another. you don't think it's a good idea, but. I don't just because. Creighton's zone numbers are a little bit worse than they normally are. And mm-hmm. other people think, yeah, right, Creighton sucks at zone. Like, <laughs> no, their zone office is usually good. They were good last uh, year anyway. Yeah, they were They were elite last year. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's not as good of a passing team as last year. Right. But it might be a better collective shooting team. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year's a lot was Marcus, Kyrie, Toby. Whereas this year you've got four guys on the floor who are shooting forty percent plus, um, and then and good, you can good bring guy. other guys in. Yeah, to good shoot rebounders as well. that can crash. Yeah. Joaquin, uh Christian. So um, it, it, theoretically, if you can create an open look, I mean that's that's what I would be scared of. It's just yeah. giving them in. In rhythm jump shots, even if with a hand in their face, they can hit those. So, but anyway, we'll see what teams do to try to combat this offense. But at least for one day, Creighton had a a nice counter to the uh, tactic of switching all screens. Yeah. So, man, defensively, Creighton held Butler to point eight three six points per possession for the game. In the second half, it was point seven seven one. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's like leading the country. <laughs> that's how good that is. So that's how good they were defensively in the second half. 8 um, of 26, Butler was. There was something, I will say this, I, I feel like eight Creighton... Of, 8 of 26 with 8 turnovers. Yeah, I feel like Creighton has gotten the best version of its opponents 
to start, except maybe Providence. Providence didn't play well. They yeah, Providence had the, shots that they could hit. Yeah. That's not even the best. Not even um, but for the next four games that Creighton lost, and, and five, I'd include Georgetown, I feel, I feel like Creighton got, if not the best, pretty darn near close to the best uh, yeah. version of its opponent. The question is, though, is that because of Creighton? Yeah, like, I know, that's right. the But I do, theory, think, yeah. I do think tonight that wasn't the best of the best of Butler, mm-hmm. and now Creighton does deserve some credit for that. But also, I mean, again, there were open shots that Butler's guys could have knocked down. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some focus issues, maybe some confidence issues once those shots didn't fall. It wasn't the best ber- version of Butler. I mean, when you look at McDermott, one for five, Jorgensen three for twelve, Tucker two for ten. They were like, a combined six to twenty-seven. That's those so three. bad. Yeah, yeah. those I mean, guys who are shooters, you know, yes. that, like. I mean, Butler probably loses by thirty on. And, and where, if Creighton had even like a like an average offensive night, they probably yeah. would have smacked Butler. So it's it, like it. I think Creighton was due for one of those. You know, you play an eighteen game league schedule. You'd hope that you're not always going to see the best version of a team. Yeah. Um, but so you kind of you got to take it all with a grain of salt a little bit. Butler didn't play its best game, but also Creighton had something to do with that. Um, but you know, I, I I would imagine that. There are also going to be nights where Creighton doesn't play well and can't find a way to win. I, I, I would imagine, like, Tonight, I, I'm guessing that Butler felt, especially when it was down five with three minutes left, was like, wow, we haven't played well at all, but here we are with a chance to win. we got to yeah. find a way to do it, and they didn't. Um, Creighton will be in a similar situation at, at other points in this I'm year, gonna too. Find, I'm going to say it's going to be, if you were to pull the other nine coaches in the league and be like, We'll let you hold Creighton to thirty percent three point shooting and force eighteen turnovers, or however you want to say it, self inflicted or forced. Creighton will turn the ball over eighteen times against you, and they'll only shoot thirty percent from three. You, I think every coach would sign up for that. Like, yeah, yeah we got a great chance to win that ball game. In Didn't it feel though, by the way, that Butler was just kind of going all in on the idea of like we're not going to let you shoot threes today? Yes. And so, and to because of that, maybe gave up a little bit too much. On the oh, inside. the rim was, I mean... Or, or you know, yeah. the, they had, you know, they were so committed to pushing Creighton off the line, they were out of position when they uh, were trying to contain those dribble it's drives. because they, they fouled have, a little bit too much in the first half. Because well, I think it's because of Baldwin and Thompson are so good at guarding the dribble that they figure if they put these guys on, like, even if you put them on opposite ends of the floor, you figure there's only so much of the court that's compromised in terms of the dribble penetration. You'll take your chances with that, with coverage, with the rest of the floor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I felt like Butler took a decent gamble, but it was a calculated one. Like, you know, they they probably figured Creighton can't beat Baldwin and Thompson off the dribble consistently, so that's fine. We can take liberties on the perimeter. That, you know, it's like the Kyrie thing. Like, you know, you only have to focus on. S- Whatever, whatever, like when you put Kyrie on somebody, you know that part of the game is taken away. And you have to yeah. focus on the rest of it. Right. Like that's kind of what Butler did tonight. They, they let their best defenders be their best defenders, and they figured, and they just tried to cover for the rest of it, so as best they could. Right. Which credit to them, they did a decent job defensively tonight. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, overall points per possession, Cravens at barely over one. Yeah, exactly. So you'll take that any yeah. any time. Yeah. Um, should we get the questions? Yeah. Then? What questions we got? Uh, see about St. John's preview, maybe. Um, I don't think we got as many questions tonight, interestingly enough, but we'll see. I should have pulled them up before. It's amazing how nice my mentions are without Creighton losing. There's just like a 
calm. Um, Alex wants to know, <laughs> Alex wants to know if Kamar Baldwin is a space cadet. I'm pretty sure he asked that around the time he dunked on Sam <laughs> when he went flying. Yeah, elevated. So there's Lift a off. there's a possibility that he is because that was impressive. Uh, Book the Wood Fox wants to know, yo, yo, what's the status on D Jeff? Um, well, he's taking uh, jumpers in practice. Not really. I guess we should say jumpers. He's shooting in practice. Yeah. Standstill shots. The boot's not always on. It was right. on tonight for the game, right. but I, I think he's... The limp is still there. He's not running scene. yet. Uh, but he is shooting, so I'll say the status is a gradual improvement. Right? Good way to say it. Yeah. A lot of people are angry at my It's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a month. I mean, Yeah, yeah. It so. doesn't even look like he's close, so. Right. Don't worry about Damian Jefferson for a minute. Um, a lot of people are angry at the Red Panda take. I just, just not a fan. Um, Cowgirl65 wants to know, is Alexander okay? Yes. He is. Right? He is yeah. yeah. Good spirits, did he too. Get, did he get hurt at all? Did I miss something tonight? Oh, man, I, for some reason you said, is Alexander okay? And I was thinking about Jefferson again. Oh. I was like, yeah, yeah Damien's doing good. He's doing good. Is Alexander okay? I, 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 I don't I dove on the floor. How much time was left? A minute when you did A couple that? minutes when he dove on the floor. All right. I'm serious, though. He had two free throws late, right? I asked him about it in the press conference because I knew Mac would get on him. I don't think he has dove on the floor this year. Was that, was that the first time? Or Maybe. Did, Maybe. He might have. I should give Tyson credit. I'm sure he has. Well, you can give him credit but. for other things. That you can choose. That's fine. I don't He's probably not listening. Um, yeah. No, he's okay. I'm pretty sure he's okay. He was in the press conference. He seemed fine. Yeah. I don't think he got hurt at all. Maybe I missed that. Um, Adam Hester wants to know, let's see here, this is a little bit wordy. Um, early on in the second half, Butler was swarming the perimeter. Uh, seemed like the perfect time for two bigs, but Mac held back. Do you see any pattern in his use of the two towers? And relatedly, should he go to it more often? I think so, despite being a little thin there. Your thoughts? Um, well, we definitely think, we're definitely fans of the two bigs. Um, John was definitely spearheading that early on. I've come on board since. Uh, and we both thought they played well at Georgetown, although a little deceptive in how good they were defensively, actually. But um, Martin and Christian lineup was in, was really good defensively. I think they were at .7 yeah, that three, one was points good. for possession. The other one with yeah. Sam and, and Martin. Sam and Martin was not <laughs> good defensively. <laughs> they gave up a lot of threes. To be fair, they gave up a lot of threes. Right. Georgetown was 6-9 and nine from three. When Sam and when Furling and, and Kromp were on the floor together, and some of those threes were shot by guys who normally you'd be okay with them shooting. Like I think Morning hit one, and mm-hmm. um, Pickett hit one, and well, Plung like, hit a contested one that bounced off the rim in the back. Yeah, right. <laughs> in an odd way that you rarely yeah. see. So front rim, top of backboard, in. You, yeah. you, and you're like, eh, is that gonna happen? Maybe that was just. That just happened that night, mm-hmm. but still, they it was like one point four points per possession. So, yeah. But I agree. Yeah, I think. I mean, we t- we've talked about it before. I I just feel like with, you know, they're 
their depth situation um, if if the matchup warrants it. So and basically, I think what he wants to know is like, can Creighton ever force that matchup on somebody else? Yeah, that's tough because what Creighton wants so. to do offensively, it hurts their spacing. So right, I think what Creighton's Creighton's best weapon is to go four yards because that yeah. then you force the other team to adjust to that. Um, I don't know if there'll be a a moment when you feel like your two big lineup is as efficient as the four guard lineup. Mm-hmm. But I also basically think, when you need stops, you got to go to it. Which is a, right? I, yeah, I think so. If you're in a situation where you need stops, um, but I'd imagine against against a team like Butler, you know. Maybe the concern is that they space the floor with shooters and then those guys are good enough drivers to where they could maneuver around a big if a big was guarded. You know, like if you get matched up a big on Jorgensen, that might Mm -hmm. be a little bit worrisome. Uh, Or even even Sean McDermott, like I feel like he can put it on the floor. That was a tough one tonight because, like, having – if you put put the two-big lineup in against Butler's small lineup, you risk letting – Tucker or McDermott get hot, and I don't think yeah. they wanted to let that happen. And I think that when they felt that they started to have them corralled a little bit, or at least off to a slow start, they didn't want to let those guys get heated up. Yeah. So they just kept they just kind of stuck with the small lineup, rotating the bigs in at the five, which paid off. I mean, I thought their defense got better as the game went on. So I think they went to it. They went to the two big lineup when it, I think Butler started to take the. I think they took the lead early, even right? Did they take the sixteen fifteen? Did they take a lead? Butler did take a lead in there. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? I think they got up 16-15. Yeah, like Mack went to the two-big lineup, and uh, Creighton went up like 19-16, and then it came out. So yeah. the two-big lineup helped to flip the thing back in Creighton's favor midway through the first half. But when you're playing with a lead like that, um, and you've got guys pretty much corralled defensively, they aren't hot yet. You don't want to – as good as that lineup is defensively, it's good because it matches up with other bigs. It doesn't necessarily chase three point shooters. Yeah, right. If, if you if you're in a situation where you're yeah. trying to chase, you you end up guard with a big guard and Sean McDermott exactly. who's running around screens. That's scary stuff, right? Yes, there. it is. Uh, yeah, but so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it could be could be something they turn to against St. John's. It might help them a little bit, matching the physicality and the athleticism of mm-hmm. those guys, and certainly against Xavier I would imagine you're going to see it oh yeah um, I, I, I doubt it against Villanova Xavier Butler or Xavier DePaul Georgetown Seton Hall maybe Seton Hall if they're who's that Gill guy if they're if they're big yeah. healthy because otherwise they go pretty small yeah they can they can go um, but, yeah. so there are like yeah, yeah there's, some, there's some teams in the right. league that it can work extended minutes against um Yeah, I had a point and then I lost it. But uh, I think it's a, I think it's a if you think about it in terms of a baseball pitch, I think Mac is confident in the feel for it right now that he knows when it's effective and when he can use it. Do you think he's figured that out yet? I don't know if he I, still has yet. I think he's still kind of tinkering well, and experimenting with it. I think it a he bit. knows it works against a bigger lineup. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he just kind of has to wait for that matchup to occur. Gotcha. Butler used it a couple times tonight, like they went a little bigger, and, and we even, I think you identified one with the Christian David, 
Joey Brunk lineup that was a little bigger for Butler that they could have matched up. With I the yeah, I don't think with. they. I don't know if they did or not. They didn't, they yeah. didn't use it then, but yeah, they Butler went really small though, so like they were daring Creighton to play small with them and see if they can card Tucker and Jorgensen all night. And I think and they did. And so. I think Creighton feels good about that. Yeah. You know, like if you're gonna go really small, then we want you're playing in yeah, our hands, right? That's that's yeah. what we want. So. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I think that's our last question. Just a lot of Red Panda criticism. Or criticism of my take of Red Panda. I mean, Russian Bar Trio was awesome tonight. I think she's, I think they're way better than Red Panda. That chick could literally die on every flip. You know what I mean? <laughs> Red Panda ain't risking that. Well, she could. I mean, she's on a unicycle like oh, 20 feet just, up in the air. But the unicycle, she could, if it falls, you just land, right? Don't maybe. You? What if Your feet are parallel to the ground. If it, like, this chick's if flipping. It flips, if it flips, you know. If she, like, mistypes a flip, that's her spine. Panda's just, like, landing on her feet, right? I don't think so you land on it. If you're, if you're unicycle somehow. It slides out from underneath you. You don't just jump down. You don't just I jump. Mean, and maybe if you know that it's about she to fall. She wears high heels. They're, like, studded shoes. I, 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 I think that there, there could be a scenario where if, like, somebody ran on the court and, like, kicked it out and she didn't see that person kicking it, kicking the, the unicycle out from under her or something. Okay. Like if I threw a stick into her spokes or something like that, like what happens? I think I don't think that she can account for that, and she just fall on her back, and then it'd be a tragedy. You think she would fall back? I don't know how it's gonna work, man. But I just don't think that she's gonna fall on her Does feet. It, but like, I mean, who falls back on if a she bike, fell on, on her a bicycle? Feet, if if she fell on her feet, would you give her some but respect? But she's, she's be, straight be up and down the whole time, though. Yeah, but you don't. How would you fall? Even if the bike is like going forward, you're still. The momentum of the, of the. Have you ever fallen backwards off a bicycle? Not from twenty feet up in the air or whatever but I mean, she is, when, ten but, feet. I don't but know. But when the like, thing stops, you go forward on it. Like you fall face first, maybe. Okay, fine. She falls face first. I, I, I don't think that she's gonna land on her feet. That, it's not. It's not is a her, is situation. What she, is what that, she does more dangerous than what you saw tonight? No, it's not. Okay. But it's still there's still an element of danger. But who who, who had more skill tonight? Like. The, the what you saw tonight, or what Panda's going to come do when she maybe drops a bowl on your face when you're when you're sitting press row? Like, I'd be honored for her to drop a bowl on oh my, my face. God, would you? <laughs> I'd sue her if she dropped a bowl on your face. I'd be like, see, this is why this person's dangerous and needs to retire. No, no. Just, I would. I would take a picture. That would be. That'd be quite. The I'm thrill. just saying, like, sports media loves Red Panda, and she may have like been. Hell on wheels in her prime, but those days are gone now. Like it's over. It's okay to like. I wasn't a fan of MJ on the Wizards. Like I knew it was time to hang it up, but I'll mark out for MJ every day. Like in terms of his career, I'm not saying Panda's never had her day, but that's gone now. Like she's not the best anymore. Like everybody freaks. Oh, Red Panda's in town. Cool. Mm. Get ready to catch some bowls because she's gonna drop them. Mm. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. It's like you got to know when it's time. I don't know if it's time yet though, because oh. you can. Guess what? If she comes this year, and she always has a double header where she'll do a men's game and a women's game, and she'll drop balls all over the place, DJ Sokol Arena, CHI Health Center, probably backstage. I, th- I think that Jordan still had some really good games when he was uh, they were with so, the Wizards, though. Uh, yeah, but like, That's were they worth, That's what we're waiting was him for. dropping 55 worth watching him go like 7 for 30? Like, was that worth it? I think it was. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't play any meaningful games. That was just like I him. I don't know if that's his fault. Though. That was just like him, like you know, loving the game. 
Right That's there. all Panda's doing right now. She just loves the game. And she loves I, the crowd. I appreciate that. I appreciate you that. Appreci- I, don't yeah. know, I don't know. I'd rather see someone who's like, who's. You gotta, you, let the, you gotta let the up and comers come in and push you out of the game. Some, some, how you, she been doing twenty years? You're just in love with the the she's flashy like a, new. She's car. grandma panda now, right? Grandma panda. You're you're in love with the flashy new car, the the shiny new objects. That that's what gets you. You can't I'm just appreciate. Saying, yeah. Well, I appreciate greatness in its totality, but like, she's not that anymore. So all she's doing is like hurting her legacy the longer she goes. Because her, her shooting percentage is going down. Her career shooting percentage is going down with every ball she drops. Like, maybe she used to be, like, a marksman with that thing. Like, never drop a ball. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, she dropped a ball. Like, every reacts like she dropped a ball. Like, it's the first time they ever saw it. And it's like, now the whole country has seen it happen. Like, there's... Look up, like, Red Panda washed. There's, like, a movement out there that's like, yeah, Panda's over the hill now. It's time to go. That's all I'm saying. I'm not... Disrespecting her I think, career, I think, I'm just I think saying like what I'm saying. She was about to retire. She, can, she came out of retirement. Why? Let her go retire until someone takes that throne. Who? What? There's plenty she of great acts out there. The throne is. Yo, didn't you, she go on America's? Gonna, drop, she went on America's Got Talent and dropped balls all over the stage. Somebody, if somebody's gonna get on a unicycle and start flipping balls under their head. So you're saying someone has to do that exact act better than her? And then, yeah, then it's time. So that's what it takes. I have to, like, literally go and learn how to do that better than she does, and then, like, then I can remove her from... Right. All right. That's what it takes, I guess. Because um, even even what she's got is still tremendously entertaining and unbelievable. Is and, it entertaining? And you know who else... You know what it, you know what you know what it feels... My, you know who else is on my side? Every sports writer in America? Marshawn Lynch. What's What? Marshawn Lynch, wasn't he there at America's Cup Talent helping her out, too, when she was dropping bulls over the place? I'm pretty sure he was. I thought he was the one helping her. Can't argue with Marshawn. I, I won't, but I'm saying, like, he's probably wrong sometimes, too. Whether we, we can tell him. All right, so uh, the halftime show today, is that your number one on your power rankings for halftime shows? Uh, what about the Frisbee catching dog? See, we don't. We never had the Frisbee catching dog at okay. CHIY. No, no, he's up That's there. That's a fun one, right? Frisbee, Frisbee catching Frisbee dog. Catching dog. Um, uh, Russian Bar Trio is definitely up there. They're amazing. The chair dude, the dude who climbs up there. That dude yeah, could literally fall like and that. like his spine uh, could that, be shooting up through the ceiling. I do not like, enjoy that one because it, it's too... Death-defying, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah Panda one. isn't death-defying. Uh, so that's all I'm saying. Panda's still in my top five power rankings. I don't know if he's number one because that chair guy is... When he when he goes for that sixth chair or whatever and, he, and it's like angled... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. And he's like he's like horizontal. To yeah. the, like there's nothing Maybe, below him besides. Was that was that was he the dude? No, I'm pretty sure it was Marshawn was the one. He 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 was enamored by Red Panda, right? Yes. That okay. Red Panda came in like gave Marshawn. Can you a personal imagine what Marshawn show, would like, say if she did the? I know. If, if he got to see That's the chair I mean. guy, open that dude's eyes a little bit. <laughs> He'll see there's like better. He's like he thought that was the crazy shit right yeah. there. It's like no. There's one like uh, dunk. Duo or no, it's not a duo. It's like a four-man team where they're doing dunks off trampolines. Yeah, that's really that. good. I don't okay. remember which one it was, but I think I'll put Panda oh, yeah, above yeah. them still. Like that's a little disrespectful. But <laughs> they're just jumping on trampolines, man. I mean, but I yeah, they're fun. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's. I still I have quick change but above her in power rankings. Quick change. No, that's that's insane. I, that's that's a ridiculous. Do you not like comment. quick change at all? No, I do like quick. Okay. I like them. I like them. I, but you don't think they're better than Panda? No, no, no. Get out. That's that's. Get out. Get out. 
Um, nah, I mean, I just, I just think she's done. That's all. I think it's time for her to retire. She had her day. It's time to go. Um, and speaking of that, we're about done here. Uh, St. John's preview a little bit. Um, yeah, St. John's. Weird scheduling, because like, these matchups are all fresh. We just saw these games. I know. It's kind of weird, right? St. John's about to play Georgetown for the second time. Yeah. They play, is that tomorrow or Sunday? I think it's Sunday. Yeah, it sounds right. Probably the Sunday doubleheader. Yeah. With Villanova and Seton Hall, I think. Um... Yeah, a little strange. I mean, it's weird scheduling. It's not a good matchup. For I mean, Seton Hall's already gotten swept by DePaul. They can't even <laughs> right. they can't even recover from that. That's already happened. That's yeah. a reality. Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's funny because DePaul is definitely better, but like the metrics and their NET ranking is not reflective of the improvement. So you just can't you you have to find a way to if you're thinking about making the NCAA tournament, you got to find a way to beat DePaul. Obviously, yep. it's an it's a better team. Shouldn't that always be the bar every year? Yeah, like, sure, if sure. you want to make the NCAA tournament, don't lose to DePaul one, and then everything else. Yeah, we'll but, but it's it. it's better than it's been over the last mm-hmm. three or four years, and it's they're better good. it's better today than it was in November and December. Yeah, but they're, they're but good. like the DePaul's numbers, you're not going to get credit for that. You're not going to get credit for beating DePaul, even though DePaul's better. But right. yeah, that hurts. Seton Hall doing that, um, losing to DePaul twice. But yeah, this, the St. John's game is not. That's not a tough. It's not a good matchup for Creighton. Nope. But uh, is it winnable? It is. Only because it's here, or is it winnable in terms of like what Creighton can? Well, score? I think I think um, winnable. I still feel like they can beat St. John's up inside all day long. And yeah, yeah. Night. Like, I think they went away from that too easily in the first matchup. Right. I think um, if you can zero out a little bit, the the difference in the hustle and tenacity that St. John showed and that Creighton didn't yes. <laughs> in New right. York. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll even the score a little bit. Um, I just I, I think it's going to be tough for them to shoot well against that team because of its length. It was funny. I was just – I think what Mitch and Tyshawn were combined, what, 3 of 18? Yep. And I think if they would have shot at their percentage, um, you would have given Creighton – it was like 15 points. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about – a normal game for, for at their average at their average is yeah. eight of eighteen or nine of eighteen. It's eight of eighteen, a little bit less than fifty percent for those two. Mm-hmm. And uh, just fifteen extra points. So that's fifteen extra points, and suddenly that's a that's a different ball game. But you, I don't know if you can bank on that against. This. You figure it's going to be below average. You, you would think because of yeah. their length. So yeah. how does Crane's got to find other ways to to, to get points? Um, I think one of the other thing too is like what triggered St. John's massive run. Was kind of uh, I don't know if fluky is the right word, but you know Shamari hit he banked in that shot. He does do that. Um, Justin Simon hit a three mm-hmm. in there. I still think uh, I you know I still I don't know I don't know if Creighton's going to alter the game plan a whole lot. I think one thing they might do is send more traps at Shamari after they saw how much it worked against yeah. Baldwin. They might see how that works against other man Shamari. Uh, I'm so excited to see him play in person because I well first off. <laughs> Kyrie put him on that island, you yes. know, <laughs> the last couple of years. Kyrie got Shamari benched. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we never got to see the best version of Shamari, but right. he's mu- he is better yeah. this year. And he made some passes in that game where, I mean, uh, in, in rotation, the game against, rotation didn't even matter. They were rotation busters, man. Yeah. Like, you can't even rotate on those passes nope. because uh, they the way he saw the floor and whipped it across the, the court. Um, so I'm just – I'm kind of eager to see. I thought he played really – 
I thought he played within himself in that game more than I've seen him play within himself in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's done that more this year than than in the in the past. So I'm kind of eager to see. I mean, I think the key to slowing down easier said than done here, but the key to slowing him down is is trying to limit what he can do and keep him from sparking a big surge yeah. or rally because you got to limit their runs. Yeah, you figure they're going to hit shots, they're going to make plays. But they are a very streaky team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't let the streak be too big. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've got to take care of the ball better than they did tonight is number one, which is going to be tough because Butler or St. John's is really I know. I'm almost like like they are going to turn over against St. John's. Well, I'll turn it over 18 times. (laughs) I said 12. 12, You can do it 12 times. Magic number, I think. Um, And keep getting the ball inside to Martin because I don't think there's anybody on St. John's that can guard him. I really don't. I don't even think it matters – who it is or what they do. And I think if they try to stop Martine, it only opens up what Creighton actually wants to do, and that's hit three. Yeah. So um, I say just go to that well until St. John's is desperate enough to stop it that they let you do what you want to do on the perimeter because St. John's number one priority is going to take away the perimeter and let Martine do whatever he wants to do until they think it's enough of a problem. And St. John's adjusted to it, I thought, as the game went on. They were, yeah, they were they kept kind of three half. guys like on a kind of chain. They kept kind of three guys on a string, and like always, someone always had a hand on a hip wherever Martin was yeah. moving throughout the paint and stuff like that. So yeah, they did, half. they did, they did alter their defense a little bit, but they're still, well, it's still they, not a priority to stop. The thing that. is, is like if if they're going to do that because they just don't have size, like if they commit more bodies to taking Martin out, like it's going to create openings on on yeah. the three point line and actually create. I mean, that's has. how DePaul beat them. I know they didn't have Shamari, but DePaul beat them up inside. It was bully ball, yeah. and. It's just, it's the matchup St. John's tries to mask because they can't match up with people right. inside. That's just not the way they're built. They essentially have five guards on the floor all the time. So that's where Creighton can exploit that, I think. Um, and the defensive rebounding is going to be huge. Every yeah, Everything not, Creighton yeah. has done in in terms of defensive rebounding against Georgetown and Butler, they have to do against St. John's because yeah. they gave up 14 offensive boards against a team that doesn't even hardly crash that much. <laughs> no. And it was a season high for St. John's by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to do a way better job at cleaning up the defensive glass. Because I think, I think they can guard St. John's well enough to make them take tough shots. And St. John's, just because of who they are, will do that themselves. They'll, they'll try to get they'll a little saucy the and they'll yeah, settle yeah. for tough shots. Yeah. So you can't let them have second opportunities. Um, so that'll be huge, too. Anything else you got coming up on an hour here? Good, clean podcast. Uh, yeah, that's your, that's your opinion. It wasn't a good thing. No, no, no? oh, should we? I mean, we gotta make some adjustments here going forward. Well, we yeah, is Lavin coming to Dollar Beer Night? Predictions. I'm gonna say no. I feel like we would have already heard about it if he was. Yeah. Right? Um, what's your favorite '80s film? This is '80s night. It's '80s night too. What's your favorite '80s '80s movie? Back to the Future. Really? Yeah. Which what do you got? Um. Coming to America might be up there too. It's a pretty good one. When was Rocky Two made? Was that seventy nine? Can't I can't help you on that. Oh. Well, if Rocky Two is an eighties movie, Rocky Two. If not, Untouchables. When was Untouchables made? If uh, next Halloween, we got forty seconds to find out. What I was gonna say if, if if you had to dress up as an eighties character, who would you go as? Because I would go as uh, Mayor Goldie Wilson from Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Untouchable, Untouchables Wilson. was 87, so yeah, the Untouchables is my favorite 80s film. All right. 
not really a theme. We can't do. I mean, we can do an organized crime theme. I guess that's kind of in nowadays, right? With all the things going on nationally <laughs> and suit the sports. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just pissed off having the fan base, man. Sorry. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for your thoughts. I'm sorry I went hard in the paint on Red Panda tonight. Um, hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Uh, you know where to go for all the coverage. Uh, Johnny Tawa, Omaha World Herald, Omaha.com. Buy a newspaper, subscribe. Do you guys have a new... six six ninety nine for sports only uh, subscriptions. Okay. So if you um, like sports, just get that. Any cool features you want to preview coming up here? Anything... You've done, some, know, you've done some groundwork on some stuff. I don't know take, if you're ready. Taking to, some deep breaths right now. Uh, uh, we just did a couple baseball stories. Yeah. If there's a really good one on Ty Block, Mike Gerber, Pat Vendetti that are playing yeah. with the Giants right now. How crazy is that? It's, it's nuts. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I also looked good at story on that. every 40-man. Yeah, that's behind your paywall too, right? Yeah, it'll be. you got to check that out though. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't, 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 it, we don't let the secrets out for. Well, I, I was, no, I was going to say, I don't know if it's run in the paper yet. Like okay. it's online. But I don't know if it's gone in the paper yet or not. I was told that they might they were going to release it early and then print it mm-hmm. later, just because they're oh, and, short it, and space. the Jordan Scurry story was really good too. Oh, thank you. The he just got his scholarship. If you don't know that yet, um, and then John talked to him. Jordan, Jordan's just fun. To I mean, Jordan's awesome, man. Jordan, yeah, I'm probably going to podcast with him on Monday. He should. Because I keep talking about the Tyshawn request. I, I, I don't know why. Like, he was, he's like, I want to talk to Scurry instead. I'm like, no, but okay. Probably because of the weekend. Yeah, Scurry's awesome, though. I, I talked to to Jordan for interviewed for maybe eight or ten minutes or whatever, and then we just sat there and chatted for about 15 more minutes. He's got a he's got a, just a, a really cool perspective on life, and honestly, I, I don't know if I've ever spoken to a to a player who's more bought into the team concept than Jordan. It's, it's pretty incredible to I, hear him. Um, Sort of, just to hear his viewpoint on what makes a good team, what it takes um, to sacrifice, and why you f- each guy feels like his contributions matter, and and um, you know that there's no way that a, having a guy like Jordan and, and Tyler Clement before him was kind of a, of the similar mold, like they're. There's no way that that, that pers- perspective doesn't rub off on everyone else. Right, right. And so... Um, it's because, like, and, and he put it in a really... He put it in a really interesting way, and you can see why... What some people might consider a sacrifice, he just considers uh, the way to live, almost like the way he puts it. Like, well, he's like... He, he could go play anywhere... You know, he could play at D2 school, he could play at lower level D1 and have more playing time, a bigger role. Um, but he's at Creighton because of what the school, the university provides him in terms of opportunity to be, to better himself educationally. Um, that's about him. Creighton University is about him. And then being part of the basketball team is bigger than him. That's kind of the way he put it. Yeah. Like, just So to see a guy that is able to have that kind of perspective like you're talking about despite it not being you know reward like guys want to play like yeah, you, you think, know what I mean like but you think that would be the incentive what, that's but what's, uh, really sort of kind of struck me is like you think that the only reward is playing time, is playing time mm-hmm. but in his mind that's not it no. like the reward is actually winning yes so the reward and, and is just growing when, together when Butler yeah. when, when they go uh, 
like they win win this game with Butler against Butler, and they go in the locker room and celebrate. Like he's celebrating with all the guys, taking just as much pride in the fact that Creighton got the W as Tyshawn Alexander and Mitch Ballard because he knows that he contributed to it. Now mm-hmm. he didn't get action on the court, but he, um, you know, brought energy in practice and he simulated guys uh, as a member of the scout team. And um, you know, if he if he's not there to help them prep, maybe they don't. Hold yeah. Butler to 39.7%. I mean, he was shooting. Sean McDermott in practice these last few days. And what did McDermott go? One for five? Two. Uh, one for five, yeah. Yeah, one for five. Although only, I, only attempted two threes. So I think like, that first three they gave up might have been a play I saw in practice. So not <laughs> ideal, but. Right, right. right. That's okay. No, no, no. They can't, but, say, they can't say they didn't see it, though. Right. So, yeah, like, that's, that's the thing yeah. that people don't notice all the time. They think. They think when Creighton hands out the scholarship, it's just because they didn't fill out a roster properly or they didn't recruit properly. Like, no, this, this thing's – Jordan deserves this thing. He deserves that scholarship. He's worked hard for it. He continues to work hard for it. Like, he got it, and I don't think we saw any difference I, in the way he I came to practice. I actually thought I saw like, more energy right. the last couple of days from Jordan after it was announced that he was on scholarship. I yeah. thought he was even – had even more juice, mm-hmm. which is hard to say because, honestly, this guy has – uh, day in and day out is the he's like the loud well Martin might be louder but Jordan's maybe more consistent with the noise you know he's always talking and, yeah. and not sometimes trash talk but we take it for granted because he's always talking yeah. like a, I just a lot assume of times, he's always making noise of some kind yeah. a lot of times encouraging guys or just trying to mm-hmm. keep the morale up mm-hmm. um, we're just hyping guys up like yeah. Even in, I swear to God, guys, it's even in shooting drills. Like, even when they're, like, the practice is over and everybody's tired and they're trying to go game speed, like, he is hyping dudes up in shooting drills. Yeah, Creighton a lot of times. He doesn't stop. It'll end its practice with eight minutes of shooting, and they're they're trying to get the guys to go at full speed, sprint to the corner, catch and shoot, you know, sprint from half court to the three-point line and do a trail three. And Jordan is, is, yeah. Whoever it is, yeah, Jet. Right. Yeah, he's, Mitch. He's yelling as if practice just started. They've mm-hmm. been going at it for two hours. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, he's a major part of this team, he's and the, the players definitely, they they appreciate it. And so it was cool to sit down and talk to him. Mm-hmm. What you got? Podcast coming up? Yeah, so we got this podcast, and then all the coverage from this game, and then we got a podcast coming up on Monday, I think, and we're working on a player, obviously. Uh, it might be Jordan Scurry. It might be Tyson Alexander. One of the two. Um, so that'll be Monday night at Script Town. You know where to be. Uh, I don't know about another watch party yet, although we are 2-0 and in those so far, so, like, keep that in the back of your mind in case you're bored and Creighton's on the road. You might want to schedule one for Villanova. Villanova? Wait. That's the one you, like, Creighton's going to need really all the test help. That, really testing that O hey, there, man. Help, man. <laughs> really they're testing that help. O against Villanova. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, Lav retweeted, uh, a tweet that is in my mentions about hopefully he'll be in for Dollar Beer Night. So is that like a confirmation, exactly. non-confirmation type know. of deal? No. Why would you retweet that if you weren't coming? I'm just asking. Why would you? Why would you put that out there for people oh, to get all excited about it? They've made T-shirts. You said sell the T-shirts, right? I've heard. I've heard of these T-shirts being on the market. Yeah, Lawler's is selling things. Yeah. So like, there's hype there. He probably is coming. Last minute, maybe it's. The thing, the, the fact that it's St. John's probably makes it a little bit. Like, I know that's that's why it's a little bit odd. Yeah, than the other teams. The dude who replaced him who sucks. Whoa, I mean, he's not Mold's not as good as Coach Lavin. Are you sure? Yes. Are you? <laughs> I don't know, man. 
What's Mullen? I mean, Mullen doesn't do it. I know. Every now and then, though, I'm watching. I'm watching this team, and I feel like, am, am I They're starting to adopt the identity of their coach? Like what? What are you? <laughs> what, are you ta- what are you talking about? Ah, uh, it, it it feels like he's settling in a little bit more as a coach, Chris Mullen. But I don't know. He's in year four. That's about right. Yeah. So what were the first three years? Should have been settling in game three of his career, not year four, right? I've gained more confidence in, in vanity higher. Just say it. I, I feel I've gained more confidence in in Mullen's ability to. Patrick Ewing is the higher that everybody thought Chris Mullen was. Mullen. Ewing's gonna be good. I Who? like. I, I definitely have faith in in, in Ewing, but yeah. All right, well, we're rambling now. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Whiteandbluereview.com, Omaha.com, buy a newspaper, check out all our stuff. Um, and we will come back to you Wednesday night, right? Wednesday, Wednesday night, night, 80s night, dollar beer night. Um, Creighton, St. John's. Jays have won two in a row. We'll see if they can make it three. Thanks for listening, everybody.